what began as an experiment to bring my 11-year-old daughter into my business has evolved into Our Young Creators, a podcast, a training center, and a movement dedicated to equipping kids with real-world marketable skills so that they can fund their own brighter futures. We're here to inspire you to turn consumption time on devices into creation time and use technology as a tool to bond and not bicker with your kids. Join us each week as we share the inner workings of our partnership and bring you stories from guests of all ages and from all walks of life on our quest to nurture and to celebrate our young creators. Hello, everyone, and welcome. Today, I have a special guest for you on the show, and we're really continuing this idea about storytelling. Yesterday, I did a live video about storytelling and the stories we often tell ourselves or write for ourselves that we have the ability to rewrite and edit at any time. So today, I have a storyteller extraordinaire for us. (laughs) Howie Mettler-Smith is a mom. She is a publisher. She runs a newspaper. She's an author. She's an illustrator. She's a mama extraordinaire. And I am so glad that she said, yes to being on today's interview. Now, before we dive in, I want to make sure that if this is your first time tuning in live, catching the replay, or listening on the podcast, I just want to say a great big welcome to you and say that I'm so glad that you were able to find us on Planet Internet. And if you are a returning listener and viewer, I'm grateful for you as well. My name is Yang Pratt, and I am a 17-year performing art studio owner turned chief dreamer, podcaster, and author right here at Our Young Creators. And today's special guest is a recent graduate of Podcast in a Weekend, round number two. Kelly, I am so glad you are here to chat with us today, and we're going to dive into all sorts of fun things, including your brand new podcast. Woohoo! Thanks for having me here, Yon. It's my absolute pleasure. So, Callie, can you take us back to kind of the beginning of your entrepreneurial journey and how you got into publishing and newspapers and authoring and editing and all those things? Well, um, I started my company in 2009 and I bought an old newspaper that had gone out of business and reopened it in my hometown of Stanford, Texas. And I, um, I ran that community newspaper for a few years. And I always said that I'm, I'm never kind of happy in the status quo. And so I wanted to expand. And so we expanded to another town. And um, I guess on like the third or fourth year into it, we had the opportunity to move to a new building. 
And so when we moved to the new building, there was this lovely showroom that was in the front of our office. And so I had always been very passionate about books and always had loved. And I thought, wouldn't it be nice to have a small town bookstore mm -hmm. in the front of this office? Because it just lended itself to having this like shop around the corner mm -hmm. type feel. And so we started a bookstore and um, I had always had the dream of having a publishing company. Um, but it was, it was not until about year two of having the bookstore and I was interacting with a lot of publishers because we were carrying their books and a lot of indie publishers and I kept kind of getting this whiff of like, I wish I could do this, like I wish I could be part of it and have this um, role in letting other authors get their dreams, you know, and, and helping and facilitating putting great books, not only carrying good books in my store, but being part of the story of how that great book got into the store. So I guess in 2014, we published our first book, which was a YA book called Lives for Hire. <clears throat> and it was a dystopian fiction, much like the Hunger Games series. And I loved it. It was, it was, a fun journey to edit the book and get it out there and then going through promoting it and stuff was so much fun in just having this whole part and so I kind of got the bug well then the next book we put out was a children's book which was a whole different audience and a whole different structure but through doing that I just fell in love with the whole kid lit industry and this <laughs> this whole concept. And I just felt like I found my calling, you know, this is where I need to be. And so I began to work with more and more kid lit authors and doing some still adult stuff, but mainly writing, working with writers for children of different ages um, from birth up to 18, you know, and um, so we are now in our fourth year of existence and my publishing company is called Clear Fork. Um, publishing after the Clear Fork of the Brazos River that runs through this area. And the kid lit impression is called Spork. Um, because <laughs> if you have a Clear Fork, you need a spork. <laughs> I love um, it. Yeah. So we have a lot of, it's kind of an inner joke, you know, about <laughs> why do you have a spork in your logo? But um, it's so, it's such a, an amazing thing to take somebody that has the dream of writing a book and being published and you usually spend up to a year with that person realizing their dream and then when you at the end you have this nice little book baby that you deliver into the world and getting to put that in kids hands and see the reaction is just I mean it's it's the dream it really is what an incredible story and I am such a lover of books and stories too so I can totally relate to having that dream of that bookstore because it's definitely something that's going away. Our local bookstore closed last year and we were kind of devastated that we didn't have a space to go and smell that new book smell and just sit and you know explore all these different stories and find new authors and look at beautiful illustrations. Mm -hmm. So now when we go out of town, that's one of our top priorities <laughs> is to a bookstore so we can go experience those things because there's nothing quite like going into a bookstore. Yes, you can buy things online, 
but you don't have the experience of holding the book and looking yeah. at the book and, and the smell, <laughs> you know, smell the book and, and turning the pages and feeling it. It's like such a sensual experience, the whole process of, of looking at a book. And I just think that we need to keep that alive. So thank you for having this amazing bookstore in your community that people can come and do those things because I want to make sure that we can preserve history with these stores because I just think there's something that is so special about these bookstores. So first of all, thank you for, for <laughs> preserving the legacy of inviting families in to have that experience because I think it is today an experience because it doesn't happen very often. Yes. So I would love to find out more about how you're now helping authors to create better writing so they can be one of your authors that you're publishing. So um, over the last six months, I started really working and doing critiques with authors that were just getting into writing books. And so a lot of these people that I was delivering critiques with were fairly new, you know, under two years into the writing community. And a lot of them were retired teachers or retired, you know, uh, you know, usually um, it's somebody that has had another career and then they decided to go into writing kind of as a secondary career. Some of them still have full-time jobs. And so I kind of noticed that there was a lot of similar trends with these authors. Um, a lot of them had kind of come into the community and they were very nervous about putting their work out there because what if somebody didn't like it, you know, which is so hard because we're creating something and then we're putting it out for people to either reject it or critique it. And sometimes it feels like it's an extension of yourself. So that can be very difficult. Um, and then I also noticed that a lot of them were making the same, not really mistakes, but they were kind of falling into the same pitfalls that a lot of beginning writers make. They were either being, you know, their word count was way out of proportion to where it needed to be. Their story structure was a little bit off. So it was causing some issues with the development of their stories. And I just realized that a lot of people were having the same issues with the same things. So I started a community called Writing Magic on Facebook to act kind of as a safe community for beginning writers where they could go in and ask the questions that everybody's thinking, um, but nobody really knows where to ask those questions. So I um, go live in there usually two or three times a week with a different subject and talk about, you know, character development or plot or how to condense your story or how to know if there's too much going on with your story. And, um, and then I answer their questions as they, they have them. And so then um, now I'm teaching a class that is every other month that is kind of like a hardcore in depth about story structure and stuff like that and so then my podcast is just going to be an extension of that which where I'm going to deliver um, bite-sized components of creative writing. That's so so good and definitely putting out anything into the world when it's a labor of love is a hard thing to do so I'm so grateful that your community has you to rely on and say here's the story thank you for making this community where I can share it it's a safe space to do so and I'm going to get constructive feedback to help me become a better writer and now you've extended that to the podcast and I think that's such a beautiful thing to see happen because as you're moving through these different 
places that you're developing new businesses and, and wanting to do more and giving more and serving more. I just think it's been a beautiful journey to watch you to, to see <laughs> you, you're recognizing an issue. There's a challenge that's happening in the yeah. marketplace. You're seeing it because you're on both sides of the market from the publisher's end is also from the author end. So because you have that experience on both ends of the spectrum, you're now able to weave this together in a very beautiful way. And the podcast is just an extension of all these amazing things you do. And, and I'm so grateful for one, to have your podcast to listen to now because Writing is something that I love to do, and I see that my kids even have this propensity to write. And we were discussing before the interview that in schools, unfortunately, there's not a lot of time anymore being spent on helping kids develop this skill of writing stories and telling stories. Mm -hmm. Well, and I, you know, because our culture has been so based on teaching to a test, mm -hmm. You know, we, I don't know if you were this way, but growing up in Texas, we had the toss test and it was very much like paragraph, you know, you had your intro paragraph and then your body and then your outro. And that was the development of your writing skills. And then I, I felt like when I got to be an adult, I had no real basis of how a story was actually supposed to work because I was so ingrained in this, you know, this test type writing that really being creative and thinking outside the box was a hard thing. And I think that our kids have the same problem because they just don't know where to start. And, it, and it's, it's hard to just sit down and express yourself in writing. It's really something that you have to dedicate yourself to. And, you know, setting aside the time when we're so busy sometimes can be a difficult Thing, you know, in our, in my um, community, I have a lot of like accountability, like, are you putting your butt in a chair and sitting at a computer and doing your writing each day? And if you aren't, why are you not doing it each day? And I think we need to have the same talk with our kids. You know, you need to be challenged to write, you know, whether it's just a journal prompt or something to get them in the mindset that they can let their creativity flow in that way. Yeah, and as, as my girls have progressed through the school system too, I see the, the shifts that happen, like you said, where when they were younger, you know, I saw more of their creative writing come home as they're learning about different parts of speech and different parts of the story. I, I saw those. And now though, like you said, there's so much emphasis on teaching to the test and being able to comprehend a story that someone else has written versus writing a story of your own yeah. that I think, again, kind of like bookstores, it's kind of this dying art form where we need to revive that to make sure that for generations to come, we have people who are being able to write and entertain us and provide valuable insights to us through their writing. And the only way we can do that is to actually sit down and do it. And what I love is that writing can be something the whole family can do. Yeah. Well, and a part of our discussion before we got on was, um, I was telling Yang, I illustrated a chapter book last year called the Enchanted Snow Globe um, series that is much like the Magic um, Treehouse books, where they go and they shake a snow globe and they're transported. And so book one is the author, Melissa, um, 
it was the story of her grandparents meeting at Coney Island when the first year that Coney Island was open. And so um, Emma and Simon go back in time and witness their grandparents meeting for the first time. And then at the end of the book, they're transported back into contemporary times and they have this whole discussion with their grandmother about how they met. And um, so in the back matter as part of the book discussion guide, it has prompts for going and interviewing your grandparents about how they met their significant other. And, um, you know, it's such a simple thing, like it's such an easy thing, but we just don't think of sharing those stories sometimes. And sometimes we need to be facilitating writing our own family history. And that's a great place to start as a writing prompt is because it's our own history. It's something that is true and valid and happened. And I just, you know, we need to encourage our kids to have their conversations so that when our grandparents are gone, that we still know these stories that were part of our family history. And because the holidays are coming up, it's a really, really great time to start doing these things. And it's why I'm such an advocate of teaching our kids to use their devices in a manner that's going to serve them, in a yeah. manner that can preserve history. They literally can become historians just with the phones that they carry on their person all the time. If they can take it out and use that voice recording app to record a story, or better yet, just press record on the video feature and be able to see the emotion that comes through when people are sharing their stories. And I think by asking these questions and, and prompting our kids and ourselves to do these things, we in turn become better storytellers because we remember how the how people told us a story and their voice inflections and their body language and all those things happen inside of a really good story so i think definitely Callie if after the interview if you would place a link maybe for this book so people can really start to dive in because with thanksgiving around the corner and family time being a premium at this time of year and into Christmas and through Christmas break, when we have more time with our kids and our family, it is an excellent time to start developing those storytelling skills together. Yes, absolutely. And I mean, you know, I, when I was a little girl, um, I interviewed my grandmother for a school project and she had been um, a teenager during World War II and lived in an area where there was World War II um, German soldiers, POWs were kept in Texas. And she remembered seeing them in town and stuff. And so I did this whole interview with her on a on a recording um, and now she, and she passed away probably two or three years after we did that recording. But I thought, you know, can you just think how valuable that is and, and having that, and you're so right with having somebody tell you that story, you do get that, the tone and the reflection. And even with, you know, one of the things that I, I walk my writers through is, is doing an interview with their main character and sitting and having coffee with them. What do they drink? What do they, how do they talk? What do other, you know, what is your first impression of them? And even though that, that's a fictional character, just thinking through those prompts of creating this other, whether it's an animal or an, another human, um, just thinking through, and you could easily do that exercise for a child of, you know, who do you want to write about? What are they like? 
What do you, you know, if you were having coffee with them, what would they drink? You know, if you're having a hot chocolate, are they also drinking hot chocolate? You know, and stuff like that is never going to make it in the story. But your your child should still have these ideas of what their main character, you know, in creative writing would be like. And so those are all fun exercises to do with your kids to just expand their imagination and and make them think a little bit about their writing. And you share earlier too that there's something new you're going to be sharing on Instagram and there's a little there's a little stuffed animal that goes along with it. Do you want to tell us about what's happening? Yeah, so I have written two picture books. One of them came out two weeks ago um, and then one is coming out in April. And since I wrote those, I have not really spent much time doing picture book writing. I've done other types of writing, but I felt like really stuck. Um, to be honest about what my next picture book was going to be about. And we were, we went to San Antonio this weekend and I was at a gas station. I turned around and these little eyes were staring at me. <laughs> and so I bought this little, this little, she's a donkey and her name is Harriet. And so I'm going to be posting over the next few days, my interview process of Harriet. I still don't know what her story is. Um, we did have coffee this morning. Harriet had water. And I had coffee. Um, so I have a little picture I'm going to post on Instagram in a hearing a little bit depicting that interview. Um, but, you know, I just think it's fun because, you know, Harriet is a stuffed animal. So she is, we can sit here and I can physically have a conversation with her, even though she's not talking to me. But I think even something like this is a great device to use to get inspiration. Um, and, you know, children love Beanie Boos, which Harriet is. So even having them pick their favorite stuffed animal and create a story about their stuffed animal and what is their stuffed animal story is a great um, writing prompt for them. So me and Harriet, we're going to spend a lot of time this month talking about character development and how, um, because all great stories start with great character development. So we're going to be go diving into that on Instagram this month. So that's my project for this month. What is your Instagram handle? And um, it's C Mettler, M-E-T-L-E-R. Perfect. And again, we'll make sure after we're finished with the interview that we come back and post these because you definitely want to be watching out for this series to unfold on Instagram, whether it sparks ideas in you personally to start picking up your pen and writing again, or to sit at your computer and jot down your thoughts at the end of each day, or whether you're going to sit next to your child and do this process with them. There's so much goodness in, in just doing this and developing those characters and talking through those things with our kids and really putting our imaginations to work. Because I think most of us throughout the day don't tap into the imagination powers that we have, thinking that something else is more important. But that imagination is where all those great stories come from, where they start, where they, the little seedlings start to grow. So if we can build that muscle, it starts to happen a little bit more efficiently. It reminds me of, you know, when I was teaching a lot of dance classes and I had the studio, when you're first learning how to put a dance together and you're learning the steps, it's a little bit more difficult. But after a while after a couple of months and then after a couple years and multiple years that process becomes so much faster and i think writing is kind of the same way yeah definitely and um 
I think that it's really important to to make a little bit of a commitment to yourself that you are going to actually schedule time to write because it is so easy. I know as a mom, you know, if I don't have that appointment with myself, it's so easy to say, well, I've got to go do this for my kids or I've got to do this. And, you know, it's just like anything else. If you don't make a point to schedule, it's so easy to put, you know, I we were gone all weekend, so the laundry piles up. And so, well, I've got to go do laundry. I can't sit and write, you know, and so, um, you know, even with our kids, just making the point to facilitate it needs to be something that you really commit and schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, are you just won't do it. And I mean, even like a great activity for this time of year with Thanksgiving is just for them to prompt what they're thankful for. You know, that's such a simple thing, but just getting into that habit of writing something down is just the first step to, to letting all of that imagination come forth. Absolutely. Weaving it into your everyday, making it a priority and actually following through on that commitment (laughs) and to our kids and help and having them watch us commit to something so they can learn that habit as well. I think those are priceless things to offer everyone who is watching and listening today. Callie, where can people find your podcast? Well, right now, um, it is uploading to iTunes, um, but I know that it's on Google Play, and um, you can just probably find it right now by um, Googling creative, um, I'm losing my mind, (laughs) creating writing magic. Um, I will be hosting it through my website, um, writingmagicconnect.com, but it's not fully up because I'm still, I'm still working through your course and learning all the goodies and stuff. Um, but it will be up shortly. I have another podcast that if you do search my name that comes up, that's just about dealing with chaos in in general and all of the stress of life. So if you're a multi-passionate mom, you can also check that out just by Googling my name. Amazing. And after the interview, again, we will go ahead and put all those links down below so you can connect with Callie because she is a wealth of information. If you have the aspiration to start writing again, maybe it was a passion when you were a kid, or maybe you're looking for something to fill a void you have in your life, or you see this happening in your kids where they're developing the skill, but it's not really being taught in schools, definitely connect with Callie because she can give you the resources and tools that you need to start creating your own writing magic. Callie, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to be here today. And I want to say a big congratulations to you on your brand new podcast. Thank you so much for having me on. Anytime I get to spend with you is awesome. Oh, thank you so much. And thank you to all of you who are watching live on the replay or listening to the podcast. My name is Yong Pratt. I just had an amazing discussion with Callie Mettler-Smith of the brand new podcast, Creating Writing Magic. And if you are being called to put your podcast out into the world, Round number three of podcasts in a weekend is now open for enrollment. If you want to save your seat, I will pop a link down below. And then who knows, maybe you'll be the next interviewee and the next graduate of (laughs) podcast in a weekend. Thank you, everybody. Have an amazing, amazing day. Cheers.
If you're ready to harness the power of technology and get your message out into the world in a big way to make the impact you know you're meant to make for yourself, for your business, or with your family, head over to bit.ly slash podcast in a weekend and save your seat in round number three, which kicks off on Friday, November 16th. Save your seat now for podcast in a weekend at bit.ly slash podcast in a weekend.